Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to the Great America Show. Great to have you with us. While lots of Americans are losing interest in the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the war that has now entered its fourth month, many are just outright ignoring communist China's saber-rattling and the constant incursion of Chinese fighter jets and bombers into Taiwan's air defense zone. It's an almost daily occurrence now, and China's talking war. Not just tough, but outright war. While the Wall Street Journal reported that the U.S. and Chinese defense ministers met over the weekend, the journal also blared the headline that the two officials dialed down tensions over Taiwan. I don't think so. The Daily Mail and other outlets reported these remarks from the Chinese defense minister to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Quote, if anyone dares to split Taiwan from China, the Chinese army will definitely not hesitate to start a war no matter the cost. That doesn't sound much like a dial down to me. How about you? And for his part, Austin pointed out that a, quote, steady increase in provocative and destabilizing military activity near Taiwan is an almost daily occurrence. The PRC military flights approaching Taiwan just keep coming. The Chinese rhetoric in return, China will smash to smithereens any Taiwanese independence. End quote. Dialed down? I don't think so. Again. Austin should have walked out of that meeting, by the way. But of course, he just sat and listened to the insults because he's a deep state tool and works for the demented Biden White House. We should, and we do, watch him carefully. As for his boss, President Biden had a boffo time in Los Angeles at the Summit of the Americas, except that everyone seemed to ignore the host, Joe Biden. The pictures are now familiar, whether at summits or even in the White House itself. Biden in the midst of a crowd, everyone absolutely ignoring him, and Biden staring off into the distance, lost and mortally embarrassing to the United States of America. Only Marxist Dems and the corporate media and a few rhinos pretend still that the puppet Biden is a real president, unimpaired, and in charge. Speaking of reality, the January 6th committee is brimming with moronic mediocrities who seem to believe no one notices what a lying, fraudulent, disgusting, partisan farce they're trying to foist on the American public once again. Pathetic, as if no one noticed the Marxist Dems have been lying through their teeth and trying to frame Donald Trump and overthrow his presidency since 2016. Three years of FBI investigations, a special counsel investigation, two presidential impeachments, and now this. They've exonerated Trump each and every time, time and time again. Six years of it. And yet the left is so stupid. They persist in folly and farce, and their base is so stupid, they apparently eat it all up. And what are the Republicans doing? 
I'll leave that for you to conclude. Hillary Clinton, the queen of mean, proved to be the originator of the Russia collusion hoax and the lies fabricated by the Clinton campaign, the FBI, the deep state, and all the rest. And here's what she had the guts, the arrogance, and the lack of any sense of irony to tweet as the J6 fraud got underway. She tweeted, it's pretty simple. We have a right to choose our own leaders. We can't let anyone take that right away from us. Yes, Hillary, including you, who authored the entire Russian collusion disinformation conspiracy trying to overthrow President Trump. And she went on to tweet, the people involved in the criminal conspiracy to overturn the will of America's voters, which culminated in the attempted coup of January 6th, must be held accountable. Can you believe this woman? Good to know, because I firmly believe that those involved in any criminal conspiracy to overturn the will of America's voters must be held accountable. I presume, Mrs. Clinton, this means you're about to turn yourself in. And so here we are, the Marxists left for more than six years trying to destroy Trump and only succeeding in exposing themselves for the threat they are to all Americans and our great republic. And not a one has been held accountable. Think of that. Not one. How corrupt is the FBI, the Department of Justice? Well, that one little factoid, not one has been held accountable, tells you just how pervasive the political corruption is within our government. The persecution of President Trump goes on, and now they're working hard to take away our guns. Can you imagine being defenseless right now, facing the threat we do from these Marxist Dems? Not on your life. And that is exactly what is at stake for all of us, our lives. Congressman Greg Stubbe is our guest today, member of the House Judiciary Committee, and doing all he can to make sure his leftist colleagues on the committee know how outrageous they've become in their efforts to strip Americans of our Second Amendment rights. Congressman Stubbe, great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Welcome. You made a lot of headlines. Your, your picture was everywhere uh, this week as you, uh, as you were demonstrating to the House Judiciary Committee and your colleagues on that committee how, uh, how the gun bill would affect uh, various magazines, uh, and you yourself uh, holding up uh, a, a couple of uh, sidearms, uh, that upset a couple of folks on that committee, didn't it? Yeah, it's amazing how the Democrats um, don't like to, they like to take your guns away and talk about how horrible everything is. And uh, But when you actually are trying to show them the impacts of the bills that they are passing, they don't want to have anything to do with it because it shows the American people how absurd a magazine ban of more than 10 rounds in a magazine is and how that affects handguns, not just rifles. They want to keep talking about these um, semi-automatic rifles, but the, the way that the bill is drafted is, is it's all magazines. So it would affect every handgun that takes more than a 10-round magazine. And that's being done in a number of states including, this, for example, the state of New Jersey, where you set a limit on 10-round uh, uh, magazines, you still have a weapon uh, that can fire uh, extraordinary bursts. I mean, 10, 10 rounds, flip the magazine, you're back in business. I, I just think these people are really missing the point while they get off on these, these cul-de-sacs 
talking about banning various weapons uh, and handguns and rifles. And the fact of the matter is, this is about this is about mental health, our public school system. And I'm not talking about just simply the security of those schools, although that's the most important. Uh, but I'm thinking right now that there has to be some basis for our schools to deal with a student who is as deeply troubled uh, as the young man in Ovalde, uh, Texas. And, and no one paid any attention to the fact that two, both of his parents were uh, felons, that his grandfather was a felon. He had all sorts of uh, clear, clear indications of a troubled mind and soul. Yeah, and there was a recent Christians Today article um, that went through the statistics of 75%, I believe was the number, but it was close to that, 75, 78% of mass shooters are fatherless. Um, 80% of those that commit crimes um, with a firearm come from fatherless homes. I mean, you're right. That is the things that we should be focused on fixing in this country is the problems that our youth is facing, especially those that have um, fatherless homes or split homes and there's not a father figure in, in the family household unit and making sure that those children have an adult, uh, respected person of integrity uh, that's a father figure in their life to be able to guide them through. Whether that's something the schools take a part on or our churches need to be more active in is part of the debate that we need to have, not taking away certain magazine sizes and taking away certain rifles just because that was the tool that was used to cause the destruction. Uh, they can use a pressure cooker. They can use a vehicle. You know, that gentleman killed a whole bunch of people in, in Wisconsin by mowing them over with his vehicle. It's not the tool that's the problem. It's the, the mental health and the issues that these individuals are facing and ensuring that on the other side of that, that the places where people gather, like schools should be a place that is protected. Yeah. And I, as a a gun owner myself, I deeply resent uh, being considered so limited uh, in intellect by the Marxist left that I would ignore the fact that they have been lying as a party uh, for the better part of 20 years in this country about firearm safety, but also they persecuted a president. They tried to frame him. Uh, created the lies and the conspiracy that drove the public narrative that drifted over to uh, was injected into uh, corporatist media as they persecuted uh, President Trump for now entering the seventh year of his public uh, career in politics. Uh, Really, we're going to turn over our guns so these idiots uh, can continue this conduct, this behavior? I don't think so. And if any, if anyone needed to have uh, guns to defend themselves, their home, their loved ones uh, in this country, it is now because this government is behaving uh, as anti-American, as anti-citizen as was ever even imaginable in the entire history of this country. Well, and if you kept watching my presentation in the Judiciary Committee after I had made the demonstration of all these guns would be banned under this bill, I, t- I said, now let's talk about the policy. All of these cities that already have these bans, Chicago, Washington, D.C., New York City, New York State, right. have higher crime rates using firearms than states like Florida, where there's freedom and concealed carry and very few limits 
on firearm ownership and guns. And I even compared big cities in, in Florida. The biggest city in Florida is Jacksonville. And it was three and four times less likely to die by a firearm in Jacksonville than you would be in Washington, D.C. or New York City or in Chicago. And these are municipalities and jurisdictions that have all of these laws that Congress is trying to pass. So if, most- it, if it actually worked, then there would be facts and evidence to show that the jurisdictions that passed these laws had lower crime rates. And that's just not the case. Yeah, And the ignorance of the left is, is manifest and it's also contrived. Uh, They pretend to be worried about weapons because they don't want to acknowledge that they should be worried about those fatherless homes, those single family parents of children who are uh, really just an incident of, of, uh, well, disruptive behavior for the child, uh, the the prognosis for health and uh, prosperity in his career or her career. Uh, it's it's extremely limited with that kind of start in life. And we've got to acknowledge that the left has to take responsibility for this permissive uh, and rabidly tolerant society that we've created when it comes to a lack of discipline in our schools, a lack of respect for laws. But then again, the Marxist left uh, and leadership of the Democratic Party ignores laws right now before the American people. They lie, they cheat, they steal. Uh, what kind of sim- what message is that to our young people? Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and the moment we took God out of the schools and we did all of these things and they continue to march down this direction, and you're right, the Democrats don't want to talk about it because if you look at the majority of the population, a large segment of the African-American population uh, is fatherless. And then you, if, if you start having that conversation, the left's just going to label you as racist and and d- d- goes that direction co- by calling you names. I thought it was very interesting after that hearing that not a single Democrat or mainstream media or anyone questioned the facts and questions the things that I said. They labeled me insensitive. They called me names. They said, how dare I bring a firearm in a committee hearing, which it was via Zoom at my house. It wasn't about the issues. It wasn't about the evidence. It wasn't about the facts because they don't have a rebut to that. It was, okay, we're just going to resort to name calling and labeling this person as uh, uh, insensitive and how dare somebody would do that in a committee hearing and so on and so forth. Instead of saying, oh, you know what? Everything that he said is factually accurate. It's based on statistics. It's based on facts. He's got a point. And the last thing the left wants is to acknowledge that, uh, that, <laughs> that Republicans have a point. And it seems to me that so few Republicans will stand up and say, you're going to listen to me. You're going to listen to the facts. And I'm not going to put up with your nonsense talking about uh, handguns and rifles and the, the right to bear arms in this country because you have forfeited any moral standing to lecture the rest of us every Democrat in the country has lost that standing because they perpetrated a fraud, uh, a rigged election, and they knew exactly what they were doing. And they continue to push for the, to attack what is America and our American institutions. I really mean, I don't understand. I mean, look at the Sussman trial. The man is accused of lying to the FBI. The jurors in questioning after they acquitted him said, well, yeah, we figured he was lying. But, you know, they're bigger fish to fry, I think, is the way one of them put it. Uh, And why should you waste our time with that? 
None of them those, said that before the before the trial, but they said it afterwards. And those bigger fish to fry need to be fried. Hillary Clinton, James Comey, Peter Strzok, all of these people that used our intelligence operation services and our justice system to surveil on American citizens and to perpetuate what we now know was completely false, that the Trump campaign colluded with Russia uh, to change the outcome of the election, information that was completely peddled by an opposing candidate's campaign. And none of those people have been held accountable for that. One of the frustrations I've had as a member of the Judiciary Committee is Durham hasn't there's, there hasn't been any significant major actors who, who literally use the FISA system to surveil American citizens. And how is that not illegal to, to take information that they know or should have known is false and then use that as a basis to lie to a court to get a warrant to surveil on the American people in a secret process? I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. And what's frustrating is I can tell you that the people in my district are frustrated that nobody's been held accountable for that. I, I'm frustrated, and I sure hope that when we take the majority back, we're going to use the oversight power of the House in the majority as Republicans to do investigations on all this and flush this out to the American people. I know that this administration, this DOJ, is not going to charge any of these people, but we can, we can get, put the evidence before the American people and let them decide. And hopefully in 2024, when the Republicans take over uh, the White House, there can be some justice for some of this stuff that happened. Uh, You know, there's a credibility problem for the Republican leadership in the House as well, because for two years with control of the House uh, and uh, the Senate, what happened to President Trump? There was no stand. No one stood up for the man as he was being charged uh, for. He was the victim of the most absurd conspiracy in the history of the country, and the Republican Party was silent throughout. Uh, And and people are being asked now to vote Republican, and they will, I'm sure, because it's going to be a wave election, and that's what they should do. But the truth is the leadership, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, are you kidding me? Well, I tell you, if we don't don't govern conservatively when we take the House back, it'll be just like when Paul Ryan was Speaker, we will lose the House very quickly thereafter, because the American people and the conservatives that have put us into office and given us the majority expect us to govern conservatively for us to do the things that we've said that we're going to do on immigration and all of the things that we're going to stop on on oversight and all the things that we're going to do. And if we don't do that, I can guarantee the American people are going to kick us out. So hopefully uh, the new leadership that will be elected has learned those lessons. And thankfully, there's going to be a lot of conservative Republican members that have have come in post-Trump or during Trump, they're going to help push the, the party to the right and to conservatism. We have, a, we have a republic at stake, but I've got a feeling that a lot of rhinos in your conference think it is, and they intend to play it that way. And amongst those may be Kevin McCarthy. Well, and the, you're right. The future of this nation is dependent on, on these midterm elections. Uh, the, the things that this this administration has done to completely destroy our country from within. Uh, we're turning into a dictatorship, a socialized nation, a, a communist nation by the policies yep. that they put in place. We've gone from energy independent to energy dependent. We've, we have record inflation. We have an invasion in our southern border, and this administration is completely uh, ignoring federal law and holding these people accountable and deporting people that a court has said to deport. And, and when this new Congress gets elected, 
uh, there is going to be a lot of conversation about those rules, but I want to wait until we get a, a bunch more conservatives that are going to be elected in a lot of these primaries uh, to do that after November in, in, in uh, anticipation of the January swearing in. So December timeframe is when all those rules in the beginning of January is when all those rules are established and we'll have a lot more reinforcements uh, at that point in time. I know you, you, you folks aren't in, the Republicans aren't in charge, but I got to tell you, every time Sheila Jackson at least says something like she did about handguns and uh, admonishing you for uh, handling a gun in your own home and in the committee when that was salient, uh, it was absolutely on point and important. Uh, it, it's time to, to say, I don't want to talk about guns until you talk about securing our schools. I don't want to talk about guns until you start talking about mental health, because these fools are used to people having to sit there and listen to their ignorance. And it's time, it is time to end that uh, pretend uh, party of uh, you know, loyal opposition. Give them what they gave the Republicans, and that is give them hell, because this is, this is just too important. The GOP is filled with a bunch of, I said, rhinos, uh, that somebody needs to speak up and it's okay to be loud and it's okay to be direct. Don't you think? Yeah. And I'll keep fighting the fight. I'll continue this week is when the bill's up uh, on the floor, I'll continue to fighting on the floor and calling them out for all of these things. Uh, oh, sure I, I just spoke about one of the many eight bills that were in that bill. Cause you only have five minutes. Right. Uh, so there's a whole bunch of other things in that bill that I think the American people need to know. I don't think there is a single thing in that bill that should be passed. I don't think that there should be even a consideration. There's no room for compromise here. The Second Amendment is right now all that law-abiding citizens have standing between them and anarchy. Uh, and you know it, I know it, and the American people know it. Well, hopefully more Republican senators will uh, get that message in the next couple of weeks. Oh, those senators, man. Oh, man. That's a whole nother kettle of fish. Uh, <laughs> they, those are some of the weakest, weakest spineless rhinos imaginable. 40 of them voted for a no fly zone, as you know, over <laughs> over Ukraine, which would have been Putin told everybody it's a it's a implied act of war and implicit uh, act of war, yet they went for it. I, I don't know what to make of them, but I do know this. You're doing the Lord's work, and I want to move on to a couple of other subjects, including uh, the, the president. President Biden, we're told, Congressman, is furious that he trails uh, the lowest levels of Trump's presidency in the polls. Uh, he's uh, apparently, this we have it on good authority, I'm told, being kept out of the loop in the baby formula crisis. That explains why it took him five months before he even got a whiff of what the, the baby formula shortage was. And he hates being compared to Jimmy Carter. I've got news for President Biden. He doesn't compare to Jimmy Carter. He's far worse than Jimmy Carter. Your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm not shocked at all that he's out of the loop. Um because he doesn't seem to really understand a lot of things that are going on. Uh, he's reading a teleprompter at all of his speeches. And when he goes off the cuff, he says things that the White House press secretary hours later has to run down and uh, give a briefing to correct his statements. Uh, it, it's I, I, I've certainly in my lifetime and I'm not um, 
as an elder statesman of some of my colleagues in the House, but uh, in my lifetime, I have never seen the economy as bad as it is, inflationary numbers where we are, gas prices to the level that we are, and you have an administration that is actively not doing anything to help. Um, all they got to do is open up uh, domestic production of oil and gas and gas prices will go down. Inflation will go down because so much of inflationary cost is based on the fact that it, it, it takes diesel fuel to take the truck to get the goods to the places where people are shopping. And this administration will do nothing. Uh, it is now begging our, our enemies in Venezuela uh, and Iran and other places to, to produce more oil to lower the, the amount of gas and we can do it right here. And so it's, it's just issue after issue. I mean, you could, you could talk for an hour just about immigration. You could talk about inflation. You could talk about Afghanistan. You could talk about all of the things that they could have done in Ukraine and they didn't. Um, and the American people are seeing it, which is why his numbers are so, so low. When everyday Americans are, are living paycheck to paycheck and now can't afford to go to work because of the cost of goods, the cost of gas, the cost of eggs, the cost of milk, and all of these things. Mothers can't get baby formula. I mean, you would think that those would be articles about a third world country, and we're talking about the United States. And it is all because of the leadership of the Democratic left House, Senate, and this, this administration. Absolutely. And now we have a caravan of up to 15,000 illegal immigrants headed through Mexico toward our southern border. Ahead of Biden's Summit of the Americas being held in Los Angeles. Now, Biden's got to be heartbroken. He just found out Manuel Lopez Obrador, the president of Mexico, won't be attending in solidarity uh, with Cuba and Venezuela. And, you know, the list goes on. We have a left wing hemisphere building right now, and it's beginning to bubble and boil. And if this president thinks he's screwed up to this point, he has another thing coming. And the fools who are keeping that border open, there are two reasons. One, they want to bring in free labor. And number two, they want votes. And if we don't have the guts to shut this nonsense down and take on this issue, uh, the, country, the country could be lost because this is now a very serious uh, invasion. And there is no other word for it. The Dems are pro-cartel, they're pro-sex trafficking, pro-illegal immigration. A, they are pro-deadly drugs with their policies on the border. And, you know, let them, let them pray is all I will say. Well, that's absolutely the intention of the Democratic Party is to allow as many illegals in as possible. And their number one priority in the House and their number one priority in the Senate is H.R. 1 and S. 1, which would disallow and make illegal states like Florida who have voter ID laws and 27 other states like it because they you're right. They want to let all these people in and then let them vote because they know the majority of them will vote for them because they're letting them in. And the other piece of that, not just that is the voting and the democracy and the issues that come with that, but these are real life and death issues that are coming across the border. The number one cause of death right now between those ages of 18 and 45 is fentanyl overdoses. And all of the fentanyl comes in through the southern border. There was enough, just in, since Biden has been president, there's been enough confiscated that could kill every American six times. So you know that's where it's coming in at. And it's now a leading cause of death in our country. And yet not a single Democrat is talking about the fact that all of this fentanyl is coming in through the southern border and people are dying. And they don't it, care because it, it gets to their means. What in the world are we thinking in this country? 
Well, we're going to have an edict by the American people, immigration, uh, safety and security, all of these things. We're going to have an edict from the American people of what they want us to do. And, and like I said before, if we don't do it, then they're going to kick us out of office and kick us out of the majority again. So we absolutely need to govern. Um, and if there are leaders who aren't willing to govern conservatively, then the caucus needs to have a serious conversation uh, to find somebody who is willing to take those bold stances, who's willing to fight for our country and the values that we have, and who's willing to fight for our Republican. It's time for leadership. And by the way, you know, as we're talking about this, whether it's the border, whether it's foreign policy in Ukraine and the threats from emanating from both the leaders of China and Russia, leaving Iran out of it for the moment. Uh, we're looking at one of the most perilous, you know, I think the most perilous point in this country since World War II. And, and we really have, and we have idiots for leaders, uh, whether it's the Democrats or whether it's the Republicans. And we've got to do better than that. And we've got to do it very, very soon. I, I just want to turn very quickly to the Dems and the January 6 issues. A, an investigation of Congressman Nell's office for crying out loud by the Capitol Hill police. There is almost no discussion of it. An intrusion by the Capitol police into his office. And then a cover-up, what appears to me to be clearly a cover-up by the, the Capitol Police Department. Well, the January 6th committee is a complete and utter sham. It's not a, a legitimate committee. The, the members that Kevin McCarthy wanted to put on there, Pelosi wouldn't let him put on there. There's way more Democrats than Republicans. Typically, committees like this, like the Ethics Committee, has equal number of representation of Republicans and Democrats in each side's leadership. Uh, process gets the opportunity to appoint those people from the beginning. It's a sham. It was it was clearly created for a political purpose to keep reminding the American people uh, and, and and creating this dialogue of things that never really occurred. If there is nothing to hide, why has Speaker Pelosi not made public all of the video camera footage from that day? Why has she not done that? Done that? Why has she not given Republicans after we've requested her communication leading up to? And on that day, all of those things, if that was a genuine, legitimate committee, they would be investigating those things and not trying to go after members of fellow members of their house, going through cell phone records, going through all of these things. And, and there was no crime that was committed by President Trump on that day. I have read his transcript. I listened to his speech. He didn't tell people to go down there and raid the Capitol. He said to peacefully and patriotically let their voices be heard. And right. yet they're going to keep talking about this for as long as they can, because they can't talk about the direction of the country. They can't talk about the economy so, of the country and they can't talk about foreign policy. And I've been calling for a year for the Republicans to stand up and carry on their own committee of January 6th and create the countervailing influence to these fools. I can't get McConnell. I can't get Kevin McCarthy. I can't get anyone to say, okay, let's do that. And, and why not? Why are the Republicans rolling? You know, Congressman, you've got the guts to stand up and say it, but the conference doesn't have the guts to stand up and say, we've got to counteract all of this disinformation. Because this is a disinformation war being waged by the Marxist left in this country against America, Americans, and everything decent about this country. And there is no response from the Republicans. 
Well, it's my hope that when we get the majority back and have that subpoena power, that the House Administration Committee is absolutely going to do that and allow for all this information to be public, allow for all the video footage to be public, allow for the communication that we've requested to be subpoenaed. Well, Congressman, I, as we as we go through this, I, I just I, I worry some I am deeply concerned about the republic. I know you are as well. Uh, and then I see <laughs> I see good old Paul Ryan surface. Uh, wants Tom Rice to be reelected in South Carolina. And then he says the Republicans didn't have the guts to impeach Donald Trump. The idiot Rhino Ryan didn't take note of the fact that the impeachment was as big a fraud as a special counsel, that he was innocent of any charge and that he was not impeached. What in the world? What is he playing at? Is he trying to run for president? This fool? He certainly wouldn't win the Republican nomination. That's for sure. Um, and, and the first impeachment process that I sat through, because I'm on the Judiciary Committee, I sat through both of them, uh, was was literally based on a phone call to a foreign leader. You have all of these federal laws that this administration are completely ignoring and willfully violating at the border and willfully violating federal law, yet they impeached uh, President Trump over a phone call. It's, uh, it's, it's quite catastrophic where we are in our country right now. And um, the things that were done to Trump because of the hatred for him by the left, uh, I think the American people have seen that. And I hope that we're going to be vindicated in this November and then when the presidential elections are up in 24. And I and bringing it back to your original point, the surveillance state has been weaponized. The FBI knew exactly what was happening throughout. It is a lost and corrupt organization, and no one wants to say it out loud. They keep wanting to say, well, it's filled with good people. It's not. There may be some, but it's not filled with them. And the D Department of Justice is every bit the same. It is weaponized and it is ideological and it is nothing more than an agency at arms for the Marxist left in this country. Uh, I, I just I cannot say how concerned I am because of what you're saying. Weaponized intelligence, weaponized surveillance. This is the first time the American people have ever had to contend with a government that is working against them and their political enemies and using the, the assets that they have at hand for political uh, purposes. And you've got a DOJ that's only prosecuting a certain uh, conservatives, if you will. Like when I asked secretary or the attorney general and the judiciary committee, now it's been probably almost a year ago, months ago, um, if he was going to treat the people that went into the department of interior, the same way he's treated the people that trespassed on January 6th in the Capitol and, he didn't even know what had happened at the Department of Interior. And then follow-up letters to that, of course, have been ignored. So you have you have an agency and a Department of Justice who are willfully going after um, conservatives and parents at school board meetings and all of these things and ignoring crimes that have been committed by the left. Extraordinary. I want to say, uh, Congressman, we always give our guests the final word here. Uh, and we've reached that point for your concluding thoughts. And uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you and uh, look forward to our next discussion. Uh, the floor is yours. Well, thank you for your time. And um, I, I just want all of your listeners to know that I will, as long as I'm in Congress, continue to fight 
for the principles of this country, continue to fight for freedom. And I'll be fighting this week uh, like I was in committee for the Second Amendment. And uh, we'll continue to fight for as long as I'm breathing and, and in Congress. And uh, I thank all the American people for standing up for our values. Congressman Stubbe, God bless you. And thank you for all you're doing for the country. We appreciate your service. God bless you. Thank you, Congressman. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Here tomorrow, we'll be talking with Steve Bannon of Steve Bannon's War Room. Steve has refused to talk with the January 6th committee, despite their subpoenas. So he did what he does. He did them one better. Bannon has subpoenaed the entire committee because he says, and he's entirely correct, they're nothing but a bunch of political partisan hacks and entirely without fairness or any purpose beyond political attacks on their opponents, the GOP. That's Steve Bannon with us here tomorrow. Please join us. Till then, God bless you and God bless America.